This is a big SUF podcast intro. Welcome to the Community Faith Podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Cherie. And we're here to break down the weekend message, talk a little bit about life, and wow, what a weekend. Birdie nuts. Bring the word. I know. Ooh. He killed it. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I love seeing Birdie preach. Me too. He's a good friend of mine. Our hearing. So, um, seeing and hearing. You can listen on yes, this very this podcast. Is very, well, you know. this is an example of listening and not seeing, yeah. right? Yeah. and Maybe you we'll go, get to the place with this podcast where it's video, too. Well, we started there, actually. Really? Yeah. And we went away. That's right. I do remember that yeah, now. Because, I don't know, there's a, people in different camps. Some people are like, I only watch podcasts on YouTube. Yeah. And people I like do. me are like, I only listen to podcasts I do both. on podcasts. There's certain podcasts I like to watch on YouTube, and then there's certain ones I just listen to and I'm fine. Yeah. I think ultimately Wes was like... It needs to be on podcast if it's a podcast. And I was like, you know what? That is the best, you know, defense for a, a yeah. side of the coin. And um, it makes the, the production quite a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so I think. It could evolve. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's okay. also a really long video for Facebook or YouTube. Like, yeah. It's, it's well, I watch a podcast on YouTube and don't ask me what it is because I'm not going to tell because it's embarrassing. But it's these two people that do a podcast and they talk for like three hours, two hours wow. at least every week. And I watch it every week on YouTube Yeah, we got and they don't have anything good to talk about really. I mean, they do to well, me, do but I. you wouldn't I mean, want to know. <laughs> <laughs> do I? I mean, I'm just like, who is listening to this? We Let do. me know if you see me at a church and you're like, Hey, I listen, that would be cool. Cause I get that all the time. That would be cool. Yeah. And uh, it makes my heart so happy. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I appreciate that. You know, you find value in, you know, my time and effort and stuff like that. So, um, you do a good job, Jacob. It's fun for me. I like it. It's good accountability for me to kind right. of, instead of moving on from what we're learning on the weekend, it's like, you know, let's later in the week pause and like reflect on some of that stuff. I think it helps solidify it, cement it in your memory. And so that's part of what the point of this is, is like right. kind of a quick reminder of what we're learning as we move into the next weekend. This usually releases on Thursday. I'm such a debriefer anyway, though. Yeah. Like if I sit and listen to a message for 30 minutes, I... I have to break it down on my way home with someone mm-hmm. or like talk about it. Yeah. And if I don't, then I guess maybe it wasn't yeah. as compelling. Because I think, I think there's so many sermons that we hear that we just kind of forget about, you know. Yeah. And like we might be like, oh, yeah, I remember last time Birdie was teaching, he had that backpack and he had the different things and his mug and stuff. And people might be like, oh, yeah, I remember the mug. Yeah. You remember the illustration, but it's like, what was he teaching on? So, yeah. Um, Today we're just smack dab in the middle of Second Samuel, and this is like the golden age mm-hmm. of you know Israeli history. Like I I love this stuff because there's so I'm already into history uh, in a sense, and the Bible gives us this like it's like the soap opera. It of, is because any anything it's else like if drama. we were learning about like Persia or something or right. like you know classic Greece or classic Egypt, like we kind of have to fill in the dots based on what the historians have gave us and. Here, like, we have some of the best, like, preserved stuff. Right. Like, even if I didn't believe in Jesus, like, this is gold. Right. Um, so it's so cool and a really, really powerful story. Um, we were just talking about this off mic, and I feel like we should talk about it on mic. Um, there's so much involved in the, the David and Saul storyline. Right. Um, kind of between what T.A. taught us about David, his story with Goliath, that's pretty well known even outside of Christian circles. Yeah. Um, till we get to this place that David is king and, and making these calls um, with Saul's grandson. And I specifically didn't say his name there. It's uh, it's it's I'm going to mess it up so many times. 
Mephibosheth? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. I might just call him Sheth or... Well, it's confusing because Phibby? it's... Mephib is M-E-P-H, but it's, you know, phonetically an F. So Mephibosheth. And it reminds me of the Lion oh. King song. Like, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Oh, we You're welcome. <laughs> um, or is it Mephibosheth? See, I don't know. I've always said Mephibosheth. I'm going to take Birdie's pronunciation because he, he likes studied. He said Mephibosheth, yeah, didn't he? he? Did. Okay. Because he like studied Hebrew and stuff like that. So, Yeah, he um, said a lot of like really big name words. Yeah. He even went. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. My second service, it was like m- know, extra was chutzpah on that. <laughs> it was right? like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Front row, I'm going to get spat on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you have this really Saul. I would go back and read it, everybody. Just it's just read it. It reads like a book. It reads just yeah. like a story. So it's not like it's super dense or anything. Um, but you have Saul get on this like murderous rage right. rampage, trying to find and kill David. Right. And I don't blame him. This is the guy who, um, the 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 prophet. So essentially, you have a theocracy. The the guy who's like the spiritual leader of the country is saying, "Hey, this is going to be the next king, not your son." By the way, Saul. So it, it kind of makes sense that Saul would want to get this guy, take this guy out, right? Um, and so there's a lot of background here um, to see David enter such an intimate friendship with, with Jonathan. Right. Um, to show this love to Jonathan's son um, is really, like Brady said, this is rare. To this Saul's son, right? Uh, to Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. To show right, that. right, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. You get your love to Saul. No, a second ago you said that Jonathan was Saul's grandson. It's his son, and I know you know that. Oh, I, I was think talking that is... about. I think I was talking. Oh, you're about talking about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Yes. Okay, and I was like, got I didn't it. say his name over. Okay, I just yeah. want to make sure it's clear for people listening yes. if they weren't Saul, there for the message. Granddaddy, um, we got Jonathan, Saul's son, right. and then we got and Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, and then Phoebe. Uh, yes. Let's call him Phoebe. I oh love my gosh! So quick sidebar before we like really get into the story at my church in Fort Worth. Man, the pastor would just like. If there was ever, like, a really weird Hebrew name, he would usually shorten it just to, like, make the teaching easier. Um, And it was funny sometimes. It's kind of like the VeggieTales would do the whole Shadrach and Benny thing for Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. And he got an email. um, We were were about to do, like, one of those genealogies. We are like, teaching through a book, and it had, like, a bunch of genealogies. And he said... I'm going to say all these names as they're written. I got an email from from one of you that was not happy and thought that I was being, you know, facetious with the Bible. Yeah. And you weren't okay with it. Um, I disagree, but I'm going to, for your sake, I'm going to go ahead and read all these names exactly how they're written. And we were all like, wow, who is this guy that Serious. kind of, yeah, took it so seriously. And now you'll see why I abbreviate them. And then there's this name in the uh, genealogy, B-U-N-N-I. And then... <laughs> He reads it. He goes, Bunny, I am not changing that one. That's actually in the text. Seriously. He's like, he's so like you who wrote the email, it says Bunny. Was that the pronunciation, though? I don't or was know. it Booney? Probably. Booney's funny, too. Yeah, but it's just but straight no, up B U N N I. If you're going to read it in English, Bunny. So, you know. Um, yeah, so I, it's always Opinions. Funny. Everybody's got one. Everyone's like reading, like even Birdie this weekend, like you're, you're reading the scripture. You know, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Behold, he's in the house of Makir, the son of. Amiel in right. Lodabar. Like it's Okay, foreign. one of my biggest ones is around Easter we hear Golgotha or Golgotha. Mm-hmm. So I grew up hearing Golgotha. Me too. But the church I was at before Community of Faith, people said Golgotha. So I got on dictionary.com or one of those, you mm-hmm. know, I want to hear the person recite it. And it's both. 
But I remember thinking, have I been slighted my entire life? And I'm not saying it right. But anyway, so we're just going to go with we can say things however we want. As long as we're talking about it, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's hard because there's two. But Mephibosheth is hard. It's tongue twister. It is a a tongue twister. So Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Um, I like to think of Mephibosheth as broken feet. He's the broken feet guy. Yeah, exactly. His feet were broken if you don't know the story. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, if you don't know the story, you can listen in to us, um, or you could probably probably be worth the time to go back and listen to the uh, the message from this week, and you'll find it right below this uh, podcast right here that you're currently listening to. And it wasn't long, so it's no, it's an easy listen, easy quick listen, um, really quick, really good. So you want to kind of so it was called "Take a Seat." The title of his sermon was called "Take a Seat," yeah. and just to give you context in the service. Birdie had a dining room table and chairs on the stage next to him mm-hmm. because he was talking about take a seat at the table of the Lord, basically. And uh, he opened with talking about insecurity and how we all experience insecurity and how our, I think throughout the sermon, he talks through how our insecurity can drive us to believe that we don't deserve a seat at the table of the mm-hmm. Lord and how the enemy can make us believe lies about ourselves and, and keep us from God's goodness. And obviously, we know cognitively that's not how God is. You know, God, right. nothing can separate us from the love of God. Um, but our insecurity and our, you know, comparison mentality with each other makes us think, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And I've, you know, I had a really bad week. I don't want to take communion this week because I was so vile and evil this week. You know, whatever I right. did. And um, and he ended the message uh, where we all took communion together. And, and like, this is, hey, let's come to the table together. Um, so anyway, Getting back to the start, he started talking about insecurity, and he confessed some of his own personal insecurities, and then had all of us say out loud, I'm insecure, but that's okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Is it okay? Um, but anyway, so I think that was a good disarming start, because we definitely, there's no one in a room or listening to this that doesn't have insecurity. So, right. So we see... That's my synopsis. Was that a? Mm. I didn't talk about the scripture part of it, but it's totally fine. Um, it's a lot, so I'm probably not going to read it here. But essentially, we have yeah. David, who's you know best friends with the old king's son. Um, he kind of makes a promise to that old king's son named Jonathan, you know that that I'm not going to wipe out your dad's house. Well, David I, was best friends over. with Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, Jonathan and, and a lot of his his brothers and his father Saul all end up passing away in battle, and so by the time David becomes king, he wants to kind of honor that promise he made to Jonathan, and so he goes on this search for anybody who's still related to King Saul, um, ex King Saul, and he finds this guy Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. who is Phoebe, Phoebe, Meph, Mephib, can't say that, can't say Meph. Um, sounds like meth. It does sound like meth. Um, but he was living in obscurity because yeah. he didn't want to be killed. His, yeah. He was spared. Yeah. And he also was um, unable to walk and so wasn't at the battle. And yeah, both probably, of his feet were broken. Probably him being related to being royalty probably kept him um, around in the, the right places to, to get the right care and the right, you know, be able to, because he wasn't really able to work. So we have a, a person who is obviously has some insecurities right so it's not just like oh some great guy got invited to the table like he's a a guy that in a lot of other contexts would have been killed because of the change in leadership right the whole lineage was supposed to be wiped out and right. he was spared 
And I believe his insecurity wasn't just about having crippled feet, but I mm-hmm. think it was also about, I don't want my family name to be known because then I, you know. Yep. So David does find him. And I, I could imagine um, that Phoebe was a little bit of afraid, you know, when he gets sure. summoned and found. Um, Skeptical the first thing that time. David says to him, you know, I think it's uh, verse seven is don't be afraid. Right. I'm going to show you kindness. So like he gets there, and it's like this, the king, like, oh, shoot, like I'm in front of the king. He's like, hey, don't be afraid. You know, I'm going to show you the kindness because of your father. Um, and so he 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 he's still like he, he at, after even after David, like calms the waters, he's like, what is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Like, who am I? Like, you're mm-hmm. the king. I still don't deserve it. So you still he feel, still doesn't he feels feel unworthy. Yeah. Like right. he belongs there. Um, and then we like I feel like we talked a lot about Brady talked a lot about this is like that's where we still are. Like you right. said, like. A lot of us, like, yes, we believe in Jesus. We've, quote, unquote, accepted that grace. Um, but it doesn't take much for us to get back to a place of, like, man, like, I... Not good enough. Right. And, like, I think that's natural. And I think that's, like, anytime we have such a, a free, ridiculous gift that, like, grace is, like, I think that is kind of one of the natural responses. Is like, yeah, because we're not worthy. We don't right. deserve it. And that's the right. point. Um, but that shouldn't lead us to, like, be paralyzed um, Pun not intended. Sorry, right. Phoebe. I was going to say um, that was a good one. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mephibosheth is is. But but come on, that's how the Bible is, though. Is, is look at that metaphor or that parallel? Not metaphor. That parallel, though. If he was, he was crippled. It, his insecurity crippled him. Yeah. But he was also physically crippled. You know. Right. I don't know. I just. I love all those little things. And so, like, he, so for us, like, what do you think this means, Sheree? Like, what? Where's the where's the balance? Because I do like the idea of wrestling with grace. Like I don't think we fully understand grace and never will, right. and we don't understand it if we're not tempted to abuse it, and like we don't understand it if um, we aren't sometimes at that place of like, oh my oh my goodness, like I'm so undeserving of this gift. Right. Um, but I, I don't. I guess I don't know where the balance would be between um, living in it, like finding the freedom in it, but also like understanding the weight of it and. remembering you know constantly that we are in need of a savior that we don't have it figured out and that we never will you know fully make it and be perfect until until we're resurrected right well Bertie talked about this in his message but um and and we know this you know if, if you've been walking with god you know for any number of years but we think we have to be good or enough or worthy on some level before we can really accept or receive God's love, which we know that's not true. Yeah. But like um, he said, a lot of us believe before we can even take a seat at the table, we need to fix ourselves. Right. And the deal is, if we were fixable, if we could fix ourselves on our own, we wouldn't need a savior. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're all guilty of that. I think I think that's why a lot of people don't come to church. Oh, it's yeah. not because they don't have some sort of belief or some mustard seed of belief in God. I think that some people are like, no, I'm, Yeah. Well, how, sh- how can I say that? Uh, it's like I want to say like, I'm a piece of crap. I'm not good. <laughs> like I'm right. a terrible person. I don't deserve to be around this or, or some people feel like the church is full of hypocrites. And what's sad to me is that w- we're all hypocrites. We're all broken. Right. We're all sinful and we're all here in the same place. But it is like this legalism has like crept into Christianity over the course of thousands of years. Right. Find us like that you do feel like you you either like you approach the church 
and you either see a bunch of hypocrites because you're smart, right? right? So like the people who you know are, are are maybe really good at reading people are like, man, that's a bunch of fake people. Mm. Or you know maybe you're, you're the type of person who's you know not gullible, but like you you see the best in people, and what you see then if you don't see through the masks is a bunch of people who are perfect and you don't belong. So it's like either you don't belong because you have all these people who are put together um, and you're like, I could never be a part of that. Seemingly. Right. Um, right. And, or you see right through it and you're like, man, that's a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want to have anything to do with that community. Um, I've seen this in my brother's life. I mean, he told me one time, he's like, man, I want to go to church cause they don't let you drink and they don't let you smoke. And I'm just like, who's they like the, right. the church, like police, like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. There's tons of people who drink and smoke at my church. Like, yeah, that's not you're missing the point. But we but we do that to church leadership where we look at a pastor and think they're not allowed to make any mistakes or do anything wrong. or They're oh, a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's that. we're all equally sinful people. Yep. Um, he also talked a lot about. Um, I just went blank. I was like on this wavelength while you were talking about this. Um, oh, those of us who have like secrets or we're, we're burdened yeah. by something or we need to extend forgiveness to someone or we need to. Um, apologize to someone and that that'll also that's another thing that'll keep you from wanting to sit at the table yeah and because you have some unrepentant heart or you know I don't know I just think about the hypocrisy we talk about like a lot of us are carrying guilt or we're burdened by something yeah. some something in our past and that is another reason why some people won't come to church or they won't you know take the next step in their faith because you know it's an, another unworthiness thing it's the hardest thing because like Man, if we were so open with our our brokenness and our sin, like if we we even get to a place where we believe that about everybody, yeah, we're all broken, but we're still, I guess, from this desire to save face or seem put together, like I guess it's just natural. Like we still want to keep our secrets, um, and we feel like people are going to think less of us, and you know, we weren't we're not going to be accepted, like we talked about at the beginning of this message, and it it does uh, just reciprocate this idea of like the hypocrisy or right. the the mask, and so. It stinks. It's well, rough. I think there's just different reasons, though, that people keep secrets, though. I mean, some sometimes it's for negative things, but, like, I've had secrets before that I was like, I don't want to tell anyone because the fallout. Yeah. Like, I'll just, I'm just going to go straight to the Lord, ask for forgiveness, yeah. ask for healing, redemption, all the things, but I don't need everybody to know in all my business, you know. But but I think what he's saying is if if you get to a place where... Those feelings that you're having or you trying to manage on your own is keeping you from the fullness of God. Yeah. That's where you have to check yourself, yeah. you know? So, and by the way, when I've had that secret feeling like I don't need to tell anybody, yeah, it's, it is paralyzing. It's been crippling in my life. And I had to finally go to a person and say, mm-hmm. hey, I got this thing and man, it is liberating. I will say it doesn't just go away though. I'm not even talking about like everybody needs to stand up on the stage and tell us your deepest, darkest secrets. No. I'm talking about finding healing in community you know like and maybe it's just your home team maybe it's one other person Mm. um and maybe they don't go to cof but it's something that like i think there's so i'm not saying everything but there's so many things that we go through that are just impossible to carry by yourself right it's just it's just not we weren't designed to like be these isolated cave dwelling you know by ourself human beings like we just can't we can't cope like that um, we think we can. I'm a. I, I think I can fix everything. I think I can fix everything that's wrong with me by myself through straight willpower or stubbornness. And 
I fail every time. Or even prayer. That's yeah, what I'm saying is yeah, that exactly. I'm I'm a person who thinks sometimes no, I have a relationship with Christ and I will I will pray with the Lord myself like direct. I don't need to have somebody else walking through this burdening time with me. And that's a lie. Like some I mean, it's not that that can't happen, but what I'm saying is I'm guilty of that often and I have to say no, I need accountability. I need mm-hmm. someone to pray with me or for me. I need to share my thing with someone and poke holes in what I'm thinking that's wrong and you know it sounds like you're like me it's less about you know what if they don't like me anymore and it's more about I don't want to burden you right exactly like this is mine to carry yes Um, I definitely feel that way all the time even with small things like I'm just terrible at asking for help yeah I don't like I'm like everybody around me like they have a job to do too so like if I actually need help with my job like I just need to like grip my teeth and do it myself even if it takes forever um that's just I don't know I'm weird like that um, I don't think you're weird. I think that's more common than not common. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like asking for help either. Right. Um, I every time that Birdie was talking about this seat of the Lord's table, I mean, we're we're talking the Lord. David is representing the Lord. Um, Mephibosheth is rep- representing us as Christians that we are invited to this table. Right. And it might be uncomfortable at first, but it's like no, eat at this table. And it says that Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. He moved cities. And he ate at the king's table regularly. Like, he, he made it there, right? right. Um, I kept getting this vibe of there is this other table, too. That's like, and I'm not talking about the other the little one that table? he said. No. Because um, <laughs> it, it, it's so representative, too. So the, everything he was saying about, you know, being good enough to sit and, and be in communion with Jesus mm-hmm. and um, feel loved by Jesus and feel valued and worthy of that seat at the table I, I feel like there was this like parallel with just our church, like our church community. Right. Because I think there's some people that have found the table. You know, they've, they're listening to this podcast. They, maybe they're in a home team. Maybe they're, you know, coming to church regularly. And it's like they're there. Maybe they're standing behind their they chair. They see the table. Or they, you know, right. it's there. They see yes. their open seat. Or maybe they're sitting down and they're not eating. Um, where it's like there's something that's inhibiting them or us from... Uh, from actually feeling like we belong right stepping um, into it and jumping in with both feet and like digging in and chowing down on this thing and and you might feel uncomfortable because like i don't know the people around the table um but this the whole time i kept thinking like man this is what i want to be this this open invite that jesus is giving us as believers to come and eat and and enjoy uh his presence and all of these things like i'm like man i want us to be a place like that too where we have a community of faith table it's like, man, you are all welcome. There's a seat at the table for you. Right. Sit down and eat, and let's do this together. I really just got that feeling over and over and over. Yeah, and I think what's cool about, you know, our home teams are launching right now and stuff, so join a home team, cof.church. But I think what's cool about home teams is it's kind of like a dating website. Everybody on a dating website has the same goal. They want to date somebody, and I think a home team is the same thing. If yeah. you think you're the only one who's nervous or the only one who's skeptical or I don't know if I can trust these people, everyone else is probably feeling the same way. But what's cool is you've all come to the table with the same fears and the same doubts or whatever, but also the same interest in meeting other people and being yeah. in community with other That's people. Cool. So, I have two rules. It kind of starts as a sort of safe place. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Especially because like, you... This is an important fact, I think, to know for people who are joining a home team. The home teams that you see um, are and are able to join, none of those are like home teams that have been around for years. Right, um, right. They're not established forever. Those home teams exist, um, but like they're, we don't like... They're not on the website. Yeah, right. You can't just like jump into right. them. So you're never going to be jumping into a group that's like 
everybody knows each other and you're the new you're person. The, you're the outcast. Yeah. So, yeah. so f- take that fear. Like we've eliminated that excuse completely. Right. Um, yeah. Those yeah I've been in three home teams since I've been at Community of Faith and it's all new people every time. Yeah. I just realized that, that like we should probably tell people that. Yeah. Um, Cause We're that, telling that would them be right my now. fear. I know, but like this is, this isn't the same reach. Yeah. Like let's be sure. honest. You're listening to this podcast. You are one of many, but not that many. Just letting you know, um, spread the word. So you're special. Um, <laughs> we love you. I love you extra. Um, but so like I, I have two rules on my home team that I lead because it's it's different people every time you can join it, um, and it's just like respect. Like I have a zero tolerance for people who disrespect, won't respect each yeah. other. Um, but the other one is just like engage. Like you're here to engage. Right. Don't sit there um, and just be a consumer. Yeah. And yeah. like if it's not for you, it's not for you. And feel free to ghost the group. That's right. totally fine. Um. And then, you know, you'd be surprised at the people who, like, just show up and they're like, yeah, you know what? I am here. I'm taking this time out of my week to do this thing. Like, I don't want to squander it. Right. Because something in you made you want to sign up for this. Right. Well, now do it. But I think we also have a responsibility as other people in the home team. Like, if someone shares, respond. Like, at least give them a nonverbal nod. I think sometimes people will share and then everybody just sits there like crickets and you're like, well, I'm never sharing again because now I feel stupid. But it's like everybody has a responsibility to engage even in response, you know, responsibility response. Yeah, that's kind of where the respect comes in for me. It's like, yep, people are going to I mean, we have different we come from all different types of backgrounds and like we're not a carbon copy of each other. Cypress is like, I think, more diverse than than people realize. Yeah. um, As far as just people and backgrounds and ideas and beliefs and worldviews um so yeah it's a it's a it's a hodgepodge but that's what i love about this place and yeah so join a home team i think that this this whole idea of being worthy having a seat at the table like if you don't believe that about yourself i would just ask you to to start praying into that Mm -hmm. um because that is a lie um if you are feeling like you're unworthy or you're not ready like you Christ need to love. do something like first. Yeah, there is nothing that you can do that's going to make Jesus love you any less. That's going to make his offer pull off the table. Um, it's there. He's waiting. Yeah. I mean, Bertie read the passage. He's standing at the door knocking, waiting for you to open it. Yeah. Even if you're not in a relationship with Jesus right now, there's still a seat for you at the table. Absolutely. Like go in and explore. Like even if a home team thing is, is for if the home team decision is the right thing for you, you don't have to be a Christian to join a home team. No. You don't have to be a Christian to or, or, be, or have arrived in your spiritual journey to volunteer or serve at that. our church. I mean, it's like, let's do this thing together yeah, let's like do no life together and figure it out as you go yeah i feel like man i love that because like you look at jesus disciples he didn't wait till they like believed in him right to like call them to be his disciple. he just right. said hey follow me and like you see throughout their years together that like there's still disbelief among right. them like even after they've seen him do miracles like they're right. like who is this guy that the wind and the waves obey him it's like don't you know by now that he's god like but still like he he said follow me like let's do this together while you're learning, while you're growing, because we all are like, right. no, n- no one has made it. You're the home team leaders haven't made it. You know, Even people who've been it. Christians for 50 years have moments of doubt, you know, so yep. it's like none of us are exempt from that. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, let's get this wrapped up. Um, Cherie, what how do you think this should what's our what's our step? What's the what are some steps that we should take, you know, as we take this idea? Um of taking a seat of taking a seat you know what what are some things that we maybe need to do and i mean physical things like what sure um really specific well i think seeking out community is one of the biggest things you know like making sure that you have 
even if, like you said earlier, if it's one person that you have that, I hate that word accountability. I mean, I know it's a good word and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. it's such a scary word and we yeah. don't have to make it scary, but just having a person who speaks truth to you and who's honest with you, um, get in a church, like come to COF or if you're listening across the world, get in a community of believers. Um, even just going to church is a big step for people. I think joining a home team is a big step for people. Some people are in home teams and they are not actively coming to church. You know, yep. they watch online or they don't even watch online. They just, so I, I just think being in some sort of, um, yeah, community situation. I don't even know if community is the best word either. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like having a person, yeah. having a person, or if, if you find a group, great. And I don't, you know, I don't think it's always your family or your closest friends. Sometimes it's got to be somebody that's new. Like be open to mm-hmm. meeting someone new who doesn't know all your baggage in their objective. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a I big mean, they, irony. They can see things that nobody else sees because they've got no skin in the game yet. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you next week. See y'all. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Community Faith Podcast. The views, opinions, and beliefs expressed by the individuals on this show do not necessarily represent those of Community of Faith or its founding pastors. For more information about Community of Faith, check out our website, cof.church.